This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. All righty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher, back at it, yay. I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been a long time. I know. I mean, like, really, it hasn't even been that long, but it feel like it, just because I miss you guys. Yeah, this is just the I happy miss you place. Guys. Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Hello. As a matter of fact, I think you were, you were with out... this more than ever. What are you talking about? I know, but not just because we weren't in this room. What's up, Richie Ote? Hi. How are you, my friend? How are you? Good to see you. No, Good I mean, on. like, and, and I think you were out doing your volunteer work in the world, which is what you do, which is awesome. And yes. then I think we missed a week, and then we had the New Media, Media Summit, Summit, and. And now we're all back together. And we got Joy in the house. What's up, Joy Chang? How are you? Hey, what's up? Oh, it's all good. Good to have you here. Oh, man, I'm so excited. So much that uh, we want to chitty chat about. And um, you talk about, uh, I mean, we try to bring on folks who we know have expertise in, in certain arenas and can help a lot of folks in their own very unique ways. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to you because actually you and I, uh, share um, well, we we share a lot, our stories are similar in some ways, right? In, in some ways, for sure. Um, and so, I don't want to necessarily go down into the dark place for the whole interview, but I think it's important to share a lot of that anyway, just so we can help people see the light, right? And mm-hmm. and make it through if they're uh, if they're in a, in a tough spot. So. Uh, look, let me let me just give you an opportunity to jump in and share a little bit about because you've got a, a when when did your book come out? It wasn't that long ago, right? It was in August last year. So okay, yeah. so we're going on almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's, it's been a right year before the last summit, right? Wow, it was time right, flies. Yes, right? right before it was. I didn't plan it that way, but it was good timing. Wow, <laughs> yes. that's all, oh my god, I cannot believe it's been a year. So we've known each other for about a year now, then, and uh, that's crazy. All right, so so the name of your book is the Naked Truth: A Woman's Journey to Self Love. Yeah, and that was inspired by your personal journey of what? Like, what was the impetus for writing the book? Yeah, so I was inspired by a speaker, James McNeil. Um, He was speaking on stage a few years ago, and he shared that, you know, when we die, if we don't write our story down, then it gets lost in the world forever. So Mm. basically, nobody could share our story the way that we would. So that really touched my heart. I'm going to put only the good things in. Right? <laughs> you should. So, so that, book, yeah, that, tell your story. <laughs> that really touched, you know, touched me and made me realize, you know, what is it that I want to leave behind? Before that, I never thought about writing a book. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those people that's like, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. Um, but it just it made me want to share my story. So do you want to know about my story? Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But, okay. I mean, I, I, I love the quote and... There's obviously a million different quotes that people use. You know, don't die with your song inside your head. <laughs> you know, and these and there's there's a million different quotes around that. But I I really like that one. And would you say you wrote the book for yourself, or would you? Because like, and I and I say that because like, what is your what was actually the book that I needed? Do you feel like this is the book that you needed but couldn't find somewhere? How or is it just simply I had to get my story out? I mean, there, I had a few different, you know, intentions. So my first yeah. intention was to share my story, you know, to leave my legacy. And then my second intention was I didn't want it to be something that people would just read and go, you know, that's a great story. But I really wanted it to inspire them to share their story, to realize, you know, oh, I've got some things that I've been through that could help somebody, you know, some wisdom to share. And um, so I wanted to inspire other people to share their story. Mm-hmm. And then my third intention was to use it as a tool for my business because a book is a great way to build a business, you know. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. Yeah. So what what's happened for you since the book came out? So it's been. I mean, we're going on. Uh, you know, just whatever. Just call it a, roughly a year or so. So what's happened for you since the the book came out? Is uh, what I guess the better question is what surprised you most about what's happened since the book came out? How about that? Yeah, I think. I mean, really, when I even before the book came out, you know, when I um, sent an invite on Facebook for my book launch party, um, I had a woman who I'd been part of her networking networking group. She has a monthly women's luncheon in here in San Diego, and you know, we'd been friends on Facebook for almost a year. I'd been part of her group, but I hadn't really gone to her luncheons in a while because I've been focusing on you know working on my book. And when I posted um, about the invite, she sent me a message saying, you know, I'd love to see you at the next luncheon and bring copies of your book. And I have this women's circle I do once a month and come mm-hmm. to the next one. You can speak at the next one. Oh, sweet. And I was thinking, like, so nothing changed. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm the same person, and yet people see me differently because I've got a book now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had other opportunities like that come to me where just people, you know, on Facebook reaching out to me and saying, hey, I have this event. I'd love for you to speak at it. Yeah. Barely knew them, you know, just seeing my stuff. They were following me and... Yeah, so I think that was definitely one of the things was all this stuff was coming at me and just it was a lot of energy to take in at first. I was like, wow, this is, you know, kind of overwhelming. And I had to kind of stay humble and be like, you know, I'm not that great. I mean, you know, it's going to be confident. We don't want to get to your head and, and, you know, become too like, you know, egotistical. So realizing, okay, I'm still, you know, I'm here to serve. and Still um, joy. But but it's great to I mean, it's it's amazing what really happens because people do see you differently. You know, when I was at an event, I had a guy give me his book and I thought, wow, like, he must know something about whatever he wrote about. So mm-hmm. it just instantly gives you more credibility, authority. Mm-hmm. For sure. So did you self-publish or was it published by a traditional or a hybrid or how did, how did you go about it? So those who are thinking about, I want to get my story out, like what was your path there? Yeah, so I decided to self-publish. I don't think it's a, it's not an either or, it can be an and, you know, mm-hmm. and I decided to do that first because mm-hmm. I really wanted to do it the way I wanted it. So I didn't want somebody telling me, you know, I don't really like your title, I don't like your cover, I want to change this or yeah. that. And so I really wanted to have the book the way I wanted it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you are actually naked on the cover, which was, was that... Was that a big, bold step for you, or is this? have you always kind of been that, that big, bold person? I mean, because a lot of folks wouldn't be comfortable doing that. Now, it's, it's, it's a backside shot, right? Mm. So, or no, is it, it's no, no, it's front. Why do I think? I, I think she's I remember. She's sitting kind of, down. She's kind of like a... Okay, you know. so I saw... So, so maybe... There is a back cover photo in the book, but the... Maybe I saw a photo with your back to us. So this is actually... Okay, so you're front and center. You are... This, it's beautiful. It's very gorgeous. tastefully it's done. It's very tastefully it's done. It's very beautiful. You should... The be- naked truth. Yeah, so I must yeah. have seen something Yeah, there else. is there is one. In, there are some more photos in the book. Okay, so maybe that yes. was what it... So, okay, so, so even more so. So now you're... So I was thinking here, we, the cover ended up... The cover ended up being this photo... With you, uh, you know, cross-legged, and, mm-hmm. uh, is this... It's, it's how, very nice. It's, it's very tastefully done, but not a lot of people would do that. Is this part of your journey? Is this part of your acceptance of, of who you are and just saying, hey, you know, take me, leave me, this, this is what I am? Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it's not something that I was born with. I mean, obviously, we were all born naked, but I had to, um, it was a journey for me to get to that place to be comfortable. And even when I did my photo shoot, I gave myself permission that if I wasn't comfortable getting completely naked, that I wasn't mm-hmm. going to do that. Because that's obviously the whole point of my message, that if I am doing something I'm not comfortable with it, then it's against what I believe in and what I'm standing for. Yeah. So I gave myself permission and realized, like, okay, I, I didn't go into it thinking that I was going to, do a naked you know photo shoot necessarily Mm -hmm. that that was going to be my cover but then that's what 
you know, came through when I did the photo shoot. And yeah, yeah, it was part of my journey writing that book was to challenge myself, to stretch myself. So I would purposely think, how can I push myself and do something that is out of my comfort zone so I can grow even more? Mm -hmm. So just out of curiosity, uh, any feedback from family? (laughs) Well, um, so interestingly well i had quite a journey with that as well so i um you know told my sister my brother my parents are not here anymore so Mm. my my main family is my sister my brother and i you know sent them a message on facebook when i was writing my book to let them know i was writing a book um you know they probably knew because we're friends on facebook but i hadn't actually told them you know what the book was going to be about and so and since they are in the book i figured you know i better you better better say something yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's like hey before this goes out to the world so i shared it with them i just said you know hey i just want to let you know i'm writing a book and you know you're going to be in the book but it's mostly about my journey to self-love and i got a really interesting response back saying you know like good luck with your book like you know hope it goes well but i i prefer not to be in the book Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay, well, that's really not possible. So, so I had to take a stand and say, you know, uh, like, thank you. Well, was you it negative? Your... Like, I mean, were they, were they, why did they not, why, is there conflict there? Was it tough growing up? I mean, are you, your first generation, your parents were born where? My parents were born in Taiwan. Yeah, I'm actually the first generation of my family. Yeah. My sister is the oldest and she was born in Taiwan as well. She was. And um, you were born here or there? What did you I was say? born here. You were yes, born here. I'm the first, okay. second born, first born here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, they probably thought there was going to be negative stuff that I would mention or why wouldn't they want to be in the book? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it was really interesting. I had to say, you know, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to be in the book because you are a part of my life and mm-hmm. this is about my life and my journey. Um, but I won't mention your names. And so that was my way of respecting them. Um, Just my only brother and my only well, sister. Yeah. <laughs> so and my people. last name is Chang. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, right. people who know us are going to know. And yeah. I, I don't even know. Like, my sister wanted to see the manuscript before it went to the world. And What so, was she afraid of? Oh, I think it's very I mean, easy no, to I mean, be like, concerned. Like, no, I'm serious. Like, and, what? And, Honestly, I. This will give us more insight into what happened I in your family. It. I mean, this is. <laughs> look, you, you, you battle with depression. I mean, you're yeah. open about that. And oftentimes it is a result of what starts at, at, at home and so on. So, what, what, what do you think they were afraid of? I mean, that's. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that was it. But it was just, you know, like any family has kind of drama. Like most families probably have some drama. And um, have I don't think. Have you heard David Sedaris? I- you know? <laughs> It's all, it's all he does is talk about his family. And people love it, you know, because it's an honest look at life, you know. Right. And We most, all got it. We all oh, have yeah. it, <laughs> at least More now. than one or closet of skeletons. Right? And for me, it's like, you know, I was doing women's circles, and the reason that I was drawn to do that was because I never had a close relationship with my sister. So, yeah. you know, and I had to basically come to terms with the fact that, like, not expecting her to love me the way that I would want her to love me, but to see how she shows her love for me, mm-hmm. you know, and realize, like, some I don't know if we'll ever be, like, best friends. You know, some sisters are just best friends. And, and she's older? She's older, and I think just the age difference, we're four and a half years apart and there's Mm -hmm. been some stuff probably from childhood where she might have had resentment because she had to take care of us like my brother and I and my brother and I didn't get along and so literally she'd be in the middle of of the two of us sitting in a car and we'd be hitting trying to hit each other and we'd hit her and so Mm -hmm. I'm sure that wasn't fun for her and so Mm -hmm. you know I don't know like I mean we're all adults now and who knows what it is but to me it's you know that my relationship shifted for me when I realized that like she still she does care about me and that you know she involves me and she invites me to all of her like parties you know with her friends and mm-hmm. so the relationship yeah. has grown and it, has she actually read it 
I don't know. So you don't know. So she, you haven't ever talked about it. Like, no, what about no, your brother? No. Have you not asked him point blank? Like, no, hey, have you I read just, my book? <laughs> I just let it go. I'm like, you know, if they want to like mention it, I know my some of my sister's friends have read it. One of her mm-hmm. friends actually sent me a message and was like, you know, I read your book and it's really amazing. And thank you, for everyone that I've gotten feedback from. It's all been really positive. Like, thank you for being so honest, for so being so authentic, so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And she even wrote a review for me on Amazon. So wow, nice. Oh, cool. I'm sure they. I mean, there's got to curiosity. Be, People have leaked things, I yeah. would think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Fake <laughs> news. It's not true what Joy said. Like going on a Twitter <laughs> rant about you. So what, so what does the naked truth mean to you then? Like what, how, how do you define that? So, yeah, I mean, I think to me it's about exposing the shadow and the light, you know, and that's why my cover has the dark and the light because it's a representation to me of what it means to love ourselves, to not just love the good parts about ourselves, but really the parts that we don't want people to know about, you know, the parts Mm -hmm. we might be ashamed of, to be able to love that part as well. So I obviously was feeling like I can't call my book The Naked Truth and not be really honest, and so I felt like What did you leave out of the book that needed to be in there? Like, as you look back That's on it funny. now. I was literally going to ask the same thing. I don't know if there's anything that I left Who, out, to be honest. I to mean, protect yourself I mean, or to I, protect... I share, like, all my relationships with exes, mm-hmm. and I had an interesting thing happen a few, maybe weeks ago, where an ex messaged me on Facebook and was like, you know, I just, because we're not friends on Facebook, um, not friends with a lot of my exes, and they just, one of them was like, yeah, I just happened to come across your Facebook page, and I noticed that you wrote a book, congratulations, and I'm going to buy a copy to support you. And my first You're thought like, was, oh, <laughs> shit, right? Like, it was like, shit, like, so I have to go back and look at my book. And so your brother, what... <laughs> your sister, and your exes all sat down and did like a circle <laughs> reading of the book, and now, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I read, I was like, okay, so I read the chapter, like, and I thought, you know, it's it's the one where, I mean, he, I, he was abusive towards me, and I feel like... Are we talking physically abusive? No, thankfully, emotionally, but I know sometimes it can start off as emotional, um, and so when I read it, I was like, you know, I don't think that I like threw him under the bus. Like I, I see, like I talk about the gift that he was in my life. Cause I truly do believe like he was a gift and one of the greatest gifts, um, that he brought to my life, but he may not see himself as being abusive. Like that's the thing that I'm like, you know, I don't know, but that's not my, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't control how someone's going to respond. Right. And I say that in my book, that my book is written from my perspective and it's my truth. And I know that it might hurt people, but it had to be, like, for me to, to get it out, right? So if someone has their perspective, they can write their book, and, you know, that's fine, yeah. but this is my book, and so I really the wanted, truths. wanted to keep the authenticity of it, yeah. you know, and not, like, water it down, and I encourage my clients to do the same. So I know it's scary. Like, not everybody might have the courage to do that, but I, I truly believe that when we are willing to do that, that there's so much healing that happens for ourselves and for other people, you know, to give mm-hmm. them permission to realize, like, wow, like if I, maybe they've been abused and they've been seeing themselves as a victim and they realize that, you know, it's not about you. Like when I was in that relationship, I was grateful to have the awareness that it wasn't about me, yeah. you know, because I felt like what he said wasn't like what I said didn't warrant the response that I got from him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to ask um, how much of it do you think helped you just going through the process of writing the book? And then how much of the help do you think came from or growth came from putting it out like if you were to put a percentage points on i I know that's a weird question but like do you think just going through the process was the majority of it or do you think in putting it out publicly was i feel like i mean it's both right but i i think yeah 
I like what I didn't realize was this peace that I feel from having it out there. And I mean, of course, there was so much fear that came up when I was about to put it out there and realizing even before it came out just to people that were endorsing my book and realizing, oh, my God, people are actually going to read it. You know, like you you know it, but you don't really realize until it's in that in that moment. You're like, oh, shit, this is really getting real now. And people are actually going to read this. And so I had all this fear come up. Um, but what's amazing is when you're on the other side of it, like I literally can't find the fear now. You know, it's just mm-hmm. uh, until something like that with my ex stuff. And so it's yeah. always, I mean, it's an ongoing journey. So there's always that next level, right? And, and also like when I did my book launches and I was sharing, I was reading from the book, there's something about actually speaking those stories too. That's really powerful, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like every time that I share, it's, a um, it's healing mm-hmm. me and it's healing other people, hopefully. I mean, that's my intention. So so it's been ongoing, sounds like. It is. It's never ending, right? It, it's, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, so let's go back then to when you weren't nearly as free as mm-hmm. you are now. Take us take us back then to that darkest place. Mm-hmm. You know, when when was that for you? When you were actually thinking, "Yeah, there's not much here for me in in this life." And like, what what was that conversation that was going on in your mind? What what do you think led up to that? Just take us back to what added up to to really feeling <laughs> like, "Yeah, let me just put an end to this." Yeah. Um... I mean, I don't know, like, it was something that was going on for a long time in my 20s. You know, I don't remember exactly, like, when it started and, mm-hmm. and kind of when it ended, but it was a long period in my 20s where I just felt like, you know, it was, it was really difficult because I didn't have anything that had happened in my life that I could say, oh, this is why I feel this way. You know, my life was good. I had a mm-hmm. good job. I had, you know, family and friends that supported me and boyfriend and, like, everything seemed good, but I just, something felt, like, empty inside or, you know, I just felt really sad and... Um, and I, I couldn't, it was hard for me to get out of bed, you know, and like I would go across this bridge on the way to work and I would think about jumping off this bridge and nobody knew. I mean, even like the only person before I wrote my, my book was like my dad that, you know, after the fact kind of knew, um, I didn't tell anybody. And, and then when I posted on Facebook, you know, people were like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. You always seem so positive. And that's the thing, right? No, but it's usually the people you don't suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then I ended up in an abusive relationship in that relationship and that's when I realized I didn't love myself and that I needed to love myself mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of like the turning point for me so why didn't you jump I mean seriously and I'm not yeah, saying no, that to make I, light of it but why why didn't you jump so I mean and, and so what was going on in my head was you know like thinking people didn't care about me right and so I've heard that depression is anger turned inwards so you're not actually sad so that's why like if someone says you could just be happy like that doesn't really work it didn't work mm-hmm. for me at least you know and even doing like yoga or doing things that brought me joy like that was only a piece of it but it didn't really help me like fully so it wasn't Mm -hmm. until I learned to love myself that I was able to shift because you know I was angry at myself but I didn't know I was angry at myself I projected it onto other people I thought other people didn't care about me yeah but why why do you think you didn't take so I didn't because I even though I didn't think people cared I I knew that like if I did that my family would be really upset you know, so I had that awareness, but it was like, it was hard because I felt like I didn't want to live, but I also couldn't die. So I was in this sort of like stuck place. So even you saved yourself, it still wasn't for yourself. It was for them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, the journey to self love mm-hmm. it's weird how it bounces back and forth, right? Like you saved yourself by not wanting to hurt them. A perfect example of how we're saying sometimes, you know, we only got to think about ourselves. Don't worry about everybody else. But that saved you. 
Right. You know, it literally saved you worrying about somebody else's feelings. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when people do kill themselves, sometimes people on the outside can think, oh, my gosh, how could they be so selfish, right? But I have so much compassion. I mean, obviously, I've been there, and to me, it's like they were going through so much pain that they just wanted the pain to end. You know, like, they can't, they're not in a capacity to think about other people, usually, and so... Like, I, I get it, I don't, you know? I mean, look, and, and by no means do I condone suicide by, by any stretch, but I will tell you this, that I actually look at it in the opposite way that a lot of people look at it from the standpoint of, if you basically say, fuck you to God, or whatever your beliefs are, <clears throat> and I'm not going to take my chances on what's going to happen in this life, and I'm going to completely do whatever I need to do to to put the end of, you know, to, to get to that finish line, that to me is an incredibly strong, powerful person who just didn't have whatever the outlet was that they needed for all of that strength. But if you just basically say, I don't care about what's going to happen to me on the other side of this, I don't see that as a, I don't see those people as being weak. I don't see them mm-hmm. as being hurt or angry or anything. I just and I know it's kind of like the antithesis of how most people look at those who, who commit suicide but I think if you are if you do that again I'm not condoning it and I was in my own dark place where I got I wasn't strong enough to do it mm-hmm. so you would know? you say like in a short phrase misdirected strength maybe yeah maybe that's good clarification yeah because mm-hmm. I because I know where you're going it just it's parts of that it didn't sound like it but i that's what i'm trying yeah. to get at like you think they're a very powerful strong person that that energy just kept going down the darker path then yeah got it yeah so so joy then as you as you worked yourself into this mindset of okay i'm i'm not loving where i'm at with life um you know on the surface things look decent but mm-hmm. i'm not loving where i'm at what do you remember? Was there a moment that it shifted for you? And if so, what was that moment? And then following that up, what would you suggest that others do who may be in that place of needing to find that turning point? Yeah. So for me, it was I went to a, a seminar um, for my healing modality that I prefer to do with my clients called Matrix Energetics. And when I was there, I it started opening me up to different possibilities, and I realized that there were beliefs that I had had that so, were... So, hold on. I just want to start. Just yeah. So, step one, if we are running this through steps, step one is you were open to getting some sort of guidance. So, because a lot of people mm-hmm. in your position, if they're depressed and they're, you know, they're thinking about their own, they're, they're not open to counseling. They're not open to, you know, going to a, a seminar. It's the last thing they want to do. You know, go mm-hmm. to some feel-good seminar, right? It's, right? In some cases, that might be part of their depression. They feel like they've tried everything. They've mm-hmm. gone, they've read all the books. They've gone to all the things, to your, to your point. They yeah. might have thought they've done it, so they're usually not open to that. But So the timeline, you were in the abusive relationship or had he, just left it and then went to that no, seminar? No, he was the one that actually, yeah, his, he, kind of, he brought me to the seminar. So his parents were coming into town for the seminar. And he invited me to go, and it was free the first night. And, you know, I didn't grow up, like, spiritual at all. I grew mm-hmm. up religious, you know, traditional Christian home. And 
um, knew nothing about like Reiki, you know, energy, spirituality, any of that. But I've always been an open-minded person. So we mm -hmm. watched, I think, a YouTube video about him. And I'm like, okay, sure, why not? But it was really funny because we went to the seminar and I was like the, the most skeptical person sitting there. You know, he was bringing mm -hmm. people up on stage and they were falling down. And I'm thinking he's paying these people. And like, I just was, I don't, and I don't even know what happened, but I just kept staying curious. And over the next year, I kept asking him questions. Um, and so what I realized, though, when I was there was there were some beliefs that I had had that were putting conditions on my happiness. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, I thought, well, if I just got married, I'd be happier, you know, or if I was single, I'd be miserable. Um, so I had been in like long term relationships and I hadn't been happy and I just was afraid of being alone. So I just went from like one relationship to another. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I had those, you know, when I realized that I had these beliefs, I started questioning them. I said, you know, how do I know that, you know, when I get married, I'm going to be happier? I'm sure there's a lot of people that are married that are unhappy. You know, there's 50% divorce rate. Sure. So, and I said, how do I know that being single is going to make me miserable? What if being single was the best thing that ever happened to me? Mm -hmm. And so I started questioning those beliefs. And as soon as I did that, I, it, it like felt like that energy shifted, you know, where it opened up a possibility for something else. And so through going to that seminar and having those beliefs, you know, questioning my beliefs, I got the courage to end that relationship to realize, you know what, I need to end this relationship for good because we had been on and off for four and a half years um, mm. but it was like okay this is it you know I really need to just end this and yeah. learn how to love myself because I realized that I must not love myself because if I did I wouldn't be in the situation continuously and you know of course my friends that I would talk to didn't understand why I was in that relationship because they thought I was great and they're like why would you let someone treat you this way but mm -hmm. you know when you're not in the relationship you don't have the attachment and of course it's not all bad everybody's got good qualities right and so yeah um, and so that was the first step was me realizing that I needed to, you know, end the relationship and love myself. And then from there, the universe started bringing things to my life that helped me do that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, just want to take a, a step back then. So you were open to even though you were in this relationship and that was that was potentially the darkest time for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you were in that relationship, you were driving to a job, I guess you probably didn't love or really feel affinity for or really fired up about so you're going across this bridge every day you're thinking let me just you know get out of just jump off of this thing mm -hmm. in this relationship and yet it was the relationship that you had with him that brought you to these teachings but you were open mm -hmm. to the teaching so once that clicked for you so again step one i guess on the path if somebody's in that deep dark place you would suggest uh, being open to different ways of thinking. Uh, I mean, if somebody doesn't want to put themselves in a in a happy-go-lucky seminar right. kind of thing, what what else can they do? Well, so then you know, one of there's a couple different practices. I mean, besides that one I just shared, which is shifting your beliefs, which is super powerful. So looking at what are my beliefs that I currently have, and then taking any limiting belief and asking yourself, you know, how do I know, you know, the belief, and then seeing, you know, what's the opposite, like. Could it be something different than what you believe, right? Mm -hmm. um, so besides that, which is really powerful, I kind of call it like a Jedi mind trick, <laughs> you know. Um, but then there's also um, one thing I found was there's a Facebook group called The 100 Days of Self-Love. And every day I would post something in that group and write in my journal at least one thing I loved about myself. Mm. And, you know, at the time it felt like a big stretch. I was like, how am I going to find 100 things to love about myself? But I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. And I not only did the 100 days, I went on and did like over 365. I don't even know. I just kept going with it. Um, and so that's a really simple but powerful practice because, you know, of course, when you're depressed or just in general, you know, a lot of times we're, you know, there's our mind can be so negative, right? And so we're constantly focusing on how we're not doing enough, how we're not enough. And mm -hmm. so when you start 
purposely, intentionally finding something you love about yourself every day, then you start building. It's like a muscle, right? So you start yeah. building that muscle and start training your mind to think positively and, and start where you're at and realize you already do love yourself. There's already at least one thing you love about yourself, right? So start with something easy, like I love my eyes or, you know, mm-hmm. my hair or whatever it is. I mean, mm-hmm. start from there. So how how important is it to be able... Because, I mean, part of me thinks at that juncture, I mean, you literally have nothing to lose. I mean, mm-hmm. you're at kind of at the end of your rope, so to speak. I guess that's a bad expression to use in this <laughs> case. But, you know, it's like you can't really go down the hole that much further. So how important is it? My, my question is how important is it then for you to really get clear and clean on the things in your life where you may have those uncomfortable conversations where you may need to clean up some things with some folks and like you're in that dark place anyway so what do you got to lose i think is my point mm-hmm. what you know what what do you say to to that sort of mentality of looking at things like yeah, I can't go any farther. I got to, you know, maybe cleaning this stuff up is what I need to do here and I may ruffle some feathers but you know where what what do I have to lose? Yeah. Um I mean if that's something that you're yeah, you're feeling that way, I think that um that wasn't like my journey in the moment. Like mm-hmm. it was me just learning to love myself and and but I think that's only one piece and the other piece was living my purpose was like I kind of knew, you know, or when I realized that I was a healer then that was that was a big shift. And the other thing was my spirituality really helped me was realizing that you know we're not our thoughts, right? That our thoughts are things that we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and that mm-hmm. we are spiritual beings having a human experience rather than human beings having spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really helped me to also love myself because I realized like, wow, I have the ability to heal myself and heal other people. And I believe we all have that ability that I was like, how can I not love myself? So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting. I mean, I will say this, that, so you're probably familiar with things like awesomeness fest and Mm -hmm. landmark and, you know, Mm -hmm. all these modalities of getting in touch with yourself and loving yourself and, and all this, that, and the other. And, uh, and there was a, uh, a song that came out of the group of uh, awesomeness fest people after I had spoken there. It was like, I w- it was literally called I Love Myself. Mm-hmm. So, I love myself, I love myself. And, <laughs> and like all I could think of was that's the stupidest fucking gayest shit I've ever heard in my whole <laughs> life. That comes from that soft heart of yeah, yours. Right? Soulful <laughs> and, yeah, soulful right? And like, and I got to tell you, it's like to me, it's so self-centered. It's like it's the it's the exact opposite of what I think you need to do to be able to pull yourself out of any sort of ruts. And like it's interesting because you're you're suggesting people go inward. And what I have found is that when you go inward, it as opposed to going outward. Right. And really taking yourself out of the equation and really just doing whatever you can do to try to help and benefit and serve others. And I know a lot of people say you have to love yourself first before you can love and help others. And mm-hmm. my take is you actually need to do the opposite, which is you need to get out of your own head, stop trying to figure yourself out, and just simply go out into the world and help those who are fucking much worse off than you are, and then things magically happen. So we're we're on literally on opposite sides of the well, table at this point, yeah. but what I what's think your take on that? I think it's both. 
you know, it's not an either or. So mm-hmm. like I said, to me, it was me loving myself and living my purpose. So it was both, yeah. it was, it was internal and external. And I think that's where, because you see these famous people that seem like they have it all together and they, you know, maybe they are living their purpose, right? There are people that are doing that and yet they do to kill themselves. And so then you wonder, sure. well, maybe they didn't really love themselves or, you know, a lot of times, I mean, we don't know what's happening in people's lives, right? Like they, and especially if you are For famous sure. or, you know, you, sometimes people feel this pressure, like I have to be a certain way rather than like, you know, look. Like, I know it looks like I've got it all together on the outside, but, you know, I'm struggling in the inside. And so that's where if we were willing to be more vulnerable, you know, I, I think that there would be a lot less depression and suicide and um, anxiety and everything in the world. Almost well, more so these days with Instagram and all these people. That, you know, they're sitting there taking like 117 pictures. Well, that's like the personification pictures. of I love myself. Right, yeah. They're like you taking know? 117 pictures to find the one yeah. that's going to look the perfect way. And then they Photoshop it anyway to and make it even better. It, yeah, yeah. I gave up but, on that a long time the, ago. <laughs> to your book cover there, it's in that contrast, you know, kind of to your point too, Steve, is some people are motivated by, you know, looking out and pulling towards that thing and other people are motivated by going back inside. And so it is kind of both, I feel, like mm-hmm. the nature and nurture conversation we have all the time. But sometimes if we're such a comparative species that if you don't have the darkness side or the shadow side or whatever the side scaring you side there you just keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. you know sometimes you need that just to even think to be open right and you might not right. have ever been open if had it not gotten that dark and that's and that, the thing is i don't see it as yeah i don't see it as a negative it's actually a gift right for me to i had to go through what i went through to to be on my purpose and to realize that i'm here to teach and embody self-love and you know I had a friend who um, she's an amazing health coach and her journey was you know she had every diagnosis possible in her 20s and she literally like checked herself into a hotel wrote a suicide note she was gonna kill herself and then she had this like image of her family finding out and basically like they call it like a life review you know Mm -hmm. that she went through and then she started you know she had started like she had a fight for life realizing you know what like I need a I'm gonna fight this like I'm going to figure out how to you know to get better and then after she figured out how to heal herself then you know now she helps other people heal from everything I mean from cancer to like multiple sclerosis like she believes everything is curable mm-hmm. and um, it's really just understanding how our body works and so, there's, there's yeah. a fine line though for people who are depressed to people who have mental illness that catches up to them mm. because People who die by suicide by choice, obviously implied, um, like my friend, super intelligent, but life circumstances and he had depression. He was very methodical, thought things through, and it just was the decision apparently that there was no other better option. Mm -hmm. So you're very lucky that in yours – Self-love is also the same thing as stop being so hard on ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. why take treatment from people that we really don't have to? Mm-hmm. Just walk away like you did. You left the relationship, which is great, and then started you know, finding some healing. But we still have to acknowledge that there is mental illness that sure. is mm-hmm. a severe problem. Oh, it's a, on many topics. Yeah. Almost every topic we bring up when we would do um, the shout, what was, what do we used to call it? <laughs> the, sound the sound off. Sound off, yeah. Like, yeah well, we used to do like that. It does. Um, <laughs> we but when we would just talk about 
regular topics in society like mm-hmm. depression leads and mental illness yeah. and, and pharmaceutical things too i mean there's so, a huge well that's a whole nother conversation whole right, right. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of yeah those sometimes i mean though the side effect is you know suicide and mm-hmm. so i, of the I medication. mean right oh, and sure. i mean yeah, yeah. let me I, let me ask yeah. you this then since uh since we're i don't want to go down a sound off lane here but we we clearly have a, a very narcissistic uh, gentleman running the show at this point in terms of the, the White House. And what is, in your mind, what is the biggest difference between narcissism and self-love? Yeah, so it's interesting because I was just sharing this um, on an interview yesterday. So I believe that it's um, narcissism is when you think you're better than other people and um, versus self-love being like you love yourself, but you're equal with other people, right? So you mm-hmm. think like, you know, you're amazing, but other people are amazing as well. So you don't think you're like better than or less than, right? Whereas if you don't love yourself, you think you're not as good as other people. Mm-hmm. And so what's next for you? I mean, you, you coach women now. That's your, is that your business, men and women? Men what? and women, yeah, yeah. Um, on their books and helping them to write their books to get their story out in the world. Um, gotcha. So... I will be starting my own podcast. I've been feeling, Sweet. I mean, I knew that since the fall New Media Summit, but yeah. I've just been feeling more of the nudge um, since this last one. Mm-hmm. So so you, so yeah. specifically you help people articulate their story and get their, I mean, are you finding certain types of people gravitating towards you to, to share their story? Like what, what sort of folks are you working with? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so like a lot of spiritual people, I mean, I am spiritual, but it was just interesting to see like the people that are drawn to me, um, you know, typically women. But again, I'm, I'm open to men and women, um, mm-hmm. you know, speakers and coaches are my kind of niche because I know that's you got to have a book if you're a speaker or coach, you know, it's just it really helps you with your business and yeah. to just um, make you stand out, you know, and, and attract mm-hmm. your ideal clients. Um, but really anybody that wants to share their story, you know, to leave their legacy. Yeah. So we've just got uh, just got a few minutes left here. But if you had advice for someone who may be in that dark place right now and, um, you know, they really need to, to lift themselves out of that. What what would you say to someone who is struggling right now? Well, you know, like I said, to they can do the 100 Days to Self-Love practice. Um, they can also do gratitude practice. I mean, I know we've all heard it, but it really makes a difference, right? So writing one thing you're grateful for at least every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ideally, I mean, you can do it in the morning and at night. The nice thing about doing it at night is then your mind is going to know that you're going to be thinking about that. So it's going to be like coming up with knowing that it has to come up with something by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's and that's a great way to go to bed too, right? So. Yeah. Um, there's also a Facebook group called What Am I Grateful For Today that I found um, during that mm. time in my life. And so I posted a, something every day in that group. Um, and so, you know, for me, I believe like self-love for me, I couldn't do it on my own. I mean, community really helped me. And so being in those even online communities and then also women's circles, being in person with women where I realized that, you know, people were sharing things. I thought, wow, I'm not the only one that has these crazy thoughts in my head. Like mm-hmm. everyone else has the same crazy person in their head. Right. And so I think that's a big part of, you know, when you're in that place, you think you're alone, right? You don't, you think nobody understands that you are the only one who's going through what you're going through. And then when you are in a space where you can be with other people, you realize that you're not. But if you're not in, if you don't feel comfortable being in, you know, a virtual or physical community with people when you're in that space, then um, a book is a great thing because you can do it on your own, right? So mm-hmm. recommend getting my book. Um, there's journaling questions so you can really kind of dive into your own you know, journey of self-love while you read about mine. And there's practices, um, some of the ones we shared today, and then there's some other practices that I found on my path. Awesome. So 
The Naked Truth, A Woman's Journey to Self-Love. Uh, mm-hmm. Where can folks grab a copy of that? So they can go to my site, which is joychang.com. How do you spell that? Because I know it's... Uh, yes, yeah, it's a sure. little different than yeah. uh, what you might think. So J-O-I-E-C-H-E-N-G.com. Okay, very, very cool. All right, so uh, I think we should just do a quick round of, uh, of gratitude. How about that? So what, so what are you most <laughs> grateful as you grateful for as you sit here today, Joy? I'm grateful to be here with, with all of you. So oh, that I, was easy. What else? <laughs> Come on. Yes, no, I mean, we, no, no we appreciate that. No, I really am. I'm just, yeah. You're living in the present moment, aren't you? I am. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. What do you got, Mary? What are you most grateful for? One, I'm happy to be back with you guys. Me too. I love the opportunity to meet guests and mm-hmm. hear your truth and what you bring to the world, your message mm-hmm. and yeah. your service. That's awesome. And your dogs. Oh, <laughs> they, they are grateful for you, too. There is no doubt about that. What about you, Richie? Rich, what are you most grateful for? I'm picking another easy one. <laughs> My ladies, Trish and Olivia, just, I, I, I mean, I had to send them a video before I came in. What did you say? I, I just was reminding her how much I love her. Oh, oh he's, tearing he's tearing up. He is. Oh, we're back in the house. That's when Richard tears, we're back in the house. <laughs> Uh, awesome. What about you? Uh, what am I most grateful for? Uh, I am, uh, at, at this moment, I am uh, most grateful for uh, my, I'll have to say, my amazing team of, uh, of folks that are in the trenches with me right now on this uh, product launch that we are doing of Profiting from Podcasts, which mm-hmm. is an incredibly detailed undertaking. And uh, and I'm just super grateful for Kelly and uh, and for Kim and Mm-hmm. They're going to be grateful yeah, for a break when this they'll is They'll be grateful for a break, yeah. I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Media Kelly. Summit. <laughs> New Media Summit and then the launch here of Profiting from Podcasts. And, uh, yeah, didn't so, think that through, did you? I know, right? <laughs> no, I did totally. Maybe, I was like, yeah. or like totally complete. I'm just going to go you know, full out for this month and then we'll go from there. But no, in this moment, I'm, I'm absolutely most grateful for my amazing Kelly and, uh, and Kim. So, Joy, thank you so much for being here. It's, uh, it's really awesome having you here. To join us on Reinvention Radio, make sure you check out her book, The Naked Truth. From Mary Goulet and Richie Ote, I am Steve Olsher, and we will talk to you guys next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit ReinventionRadio.com. You were born to do one amazing thing but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting the reinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the reinventionworkshop.com today. That's the reinventionworkshop.com.